0: We all have times when we feel anxious or depressed, but now is the time to take control of your mental health. Hi, I'm Dr. Daniel Bynus, and I'm a holistic psychiatrist. Before we start this podcast, I want to introduce you to our brand new intensive online program that I'm super excited about. It's called Overcoming Anxiety and Depression. Brought to you by experienced mental health professionals, this program will give you powerful tools to manage your emotions and practical ways to excel in your relationships. This is a powerful, amazing, holistic program that will assist you in your battle for optimal mental health. Are you ready for change? Join our next session beginning March 5th, 2024. Learn more at beautifulmindswellness.org. Now to the podcast. Welcome to the Brain People podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Vinus, and I'm a psychiatrist, and today, I'm joined by my co-host,
1: Amanda Anguish, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist.
0: So today we are going to be talking about a very interesting topic, as always, and today's topic is called dry time, dry time. So for some of you that are just like war into the jungle, I don't know if you're going to like this, but you're going to see the benefits of dry time and uh A lot of you are probably wondering, what in the world is dry time? And why are we talking about that on a mental health podcast? Because we are not really weather people here, Mm -hmm. right? We're not trying to talk about global warming or anything. So Amanda, can you tell us a little bit about what this means, dry time?
1: Yeah, so a little bit about my history. So for seven years, I worked specifically in substance abuse and recovery programs and so dry time, we're talking today about the abstinence from alcohol. Now, some people have varying definitions of like, I'm doing a partial dry time, like only drink on the weekends or that sort of thing. But we're talking about dry time in terms of not drinking. And um, with that, uh, it's, it was almost exactly two years ago that I was in court for a DUI.
0: Amanda, (laughs) I can't believe it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I was not the person in court. I was actually a juror on a DUI Uh, case, but I thought it was very interesting. And this has always been a fascination of mine with substance abuse. I have family members who have experienced this, but um, this idea of how we can so affect our lives with alcohol. And I see lots of people dealing with alcohol abuse. Um, We'll talk about drugs maybe another time, but this one's specifically about alcohol and how in this court case, when the expert witness got up to give her testimony, I noticed that she said something that I had never even thought about in all the years that I worked in recovery, that the body actually recognizes alcohol as a poison as soon as Mm. the alcohol hits the body. And I don't know why that surprised me so much because I've seen how alcohol has poisoned people, but to hear that the body knows that even if our brains don't always want to acknowledge that. So that's why we're talking about dry time today. What are the benefits of it? Yeah,
0: and and it's interesting because I've seen this uh, in people that are drinking, and of course, a lot of people get flushed red. And then mm-hmm. especially certain populations are actually... Uh, truly prone to having a full-blown allergic reaction than mm-hmm. it uh, when it comes to alcohol. It, it, oftentimes uh, Asians are more uh, yeah. prone to that mm-hmm. and it's because of the a, an, an issue with one of the enzymes that degrades alcohol and they can't degrade it properly. And so oh. that alcohol toxin, so to speak, mm-hmm. stays in their system longer and then they get this terrible allergic reaction and they get hot... Sweaty, heart pounding, mm-hmm. a lot of times nauseated, and it's it, it's a very not a pretty picture at all. It, yeah,
1: and we hear that from people quite often. Like, oh, I can't drink; like it doesn't it affects me too much way. And but we don't realize that it actually affects all of us. Some of us are just more resilient, maybe mm-hmm. for a time. Yep, and so. Actually, Dry January came about in 2014 through an initiative or campaign by an organization called Alcohol Change UK. So this started in the UK.
0: So this is kind of where the whole concept of this dry time, especially yeah. dry January mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year started was in the UK. Okay.
1: Yeah, maybe you get all the holidays out of the way and now you can go back to, you know, abstinence or something so like that. So this is that. kind of
0: some 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 British guilt after the holidays <laughs> They're like, oh, we need uh-huh. to do something to make up for that, uh, all that debauchery that we just went yeah. through. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but I'm really impressed that they did this because you know, that, that shakes a lot of things up. A mm-hmm. lot of people, it's very cultural to drink in most places, you know, to drink over the holidays. After, you know, a long day at work, you go to the bar, you go home and grab a glass of wine. But I like that they came up with this because they realized there are negative effects of drinking too. You know, as much as it's fun, it's also causing some problems. And I think that's what they wanted to sort of help people become aware of.
0: Absolutely. So what was the whole kind of process when you think about dry January, like mm-hmm. wh- wh- what do they recommend and uh, wh- what are some of the things that people do in this process and what are potentially even some of the benefits?
1: Yeah, so the pure way of, I guess if you want to call it celebrating dry January is to abstain entirely from alcohol. Now there's some people that can't do that. I mean, it's a it's a small group, but there are some people who are dependent on alcohol. Okay. They've actually used so much that they can't not drink. And I don't you, maybe you can explain some of the medical, you know, effects of that, but it their bo- the body is so used to alcohol that you literally cannot go without. I actually remember, ironically, I was sitting waiting for another jury duty. I don't know why I get so many jury duties,
0: but <laughs> they just know <laughs> maybe you're I'm a, very a great
1: candidate for jury. <laughs> fair,
0: equitable person that's gonna always uh, judge well. I guess <laughs> I wish that was the case. I
1: don't think it's that deep, but I was sitting there, and I remember a lady actually got out of jury duty because she couldn't sit through the court case without drinking.
0: Yeah. It, well, it would
1: have literally it, affect her.
0: It's, it can actually literally be dangerous uh, mm-hmm. for people if they're drinking regularly to suddenly stop. And yeah. And that's in the case of what we call alcohol dependence, mm-hmm. which is where people are drinking, you know, generally speaking, a, a significant amount every day. And without it, they really can't even function. And Yeah, it's and, fatal. Yeah, e- exactly. And, and, and so beyond that, and not only can they not function, if they go into acute withdrawal, that can, uh, because alcohol is a depressant and it depresses mm-hmm. brain activity, that withdrawal state can trigger an alcohol withdrawal seizure. Mm-hmm. And that can literally be fatal yeah. uh, for certain people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that... That's why even thinking about dry January... We want to be really careful. Uh, It's a good idea, but if you're drinking a significant amount, you don't want to just quit cold turkey without Mm -hmm. some kind of medical assistance. Yeah, and so you can
1: talk to your doctor about that and make sure that you're a good candidate for this. But the average person is a good candidate for a dry January. So in the purest form, you're not drinking anything at all. Some people modify it. You know, Monday through Friday, I'm not going to drink, but I can drink socially on the weekends with my friends sort of thing. Um, I think anything less than that really isn't dry January. So. Absolutely. And, and
0: one of the issues with that, you know, a lot of people talk about that, everything in moderation, mm-hmm. right? But I'll tell you, when you get in that mindset of like, okay, I'm just going to wait until the weekend, a lot of people end up treasuring that time even more. And they're mm-hmm. like, ooh, I can't wait till the weekend. I, I get to like, you know, have my alcohol and all of that. And in... And, 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 Mentally, psychologically, it becomes an even bigger addiction, even though you're doing, you know, your body, sure, a favor as far as like Mm -hmm. less alcohol, but in the long run, it doesn't always work to improve the overall effect of the addictive pattern.
1: Yeah, it's like tricking yourself into thinking that you're doing something great, but... I've also found, too, very similarly, I work with a program on the side that's a depression and anxiety recovery program. And sometimes we'll have people go on fasts, you know, because obesity can also affect, you know, depression and anxiety. What happens is that person won't eat for a certain meal of the day, but then they'll eat twice as much for another meal. So we also don't want people to do a modified dry January because then you can just overdose on the weekend and.
0: And really binge and it ends up being even worse for you. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that people can do instead of drinking? Maybe they recognize, okay, I realize like alcohol is not the best Mm -hmm. for me physically or mentally for that matter. Uh, And I want to make a change, but it's hard. Like, What are some options that people can do instead? So some
1: of these things are recommended things, but others of them, just in talking with my clients, we have found that they're really helpful for my clients. So the first one is... One of the things that a lot of people will tell me when it comes to alcohol is it's not just the effects of the alcohol psychologically, but it's the effects of the alcohol like um, in their mouth, like physically. Mm. And so they really enjoy or they've learned to enjoy that sort of effervescent kind of taste in their mouth. Not taste so much as just the the texture of the alcohol and the bubbling of the alcohol, So one of the things that has been quite helpful to a lot of my clients is to replace the alcohol with something that is like a mineral water or a soda water or something like that to where they're getting the same kind of effect in their mouth without the effects psychologically and physically to their bodies.
0: Yeah, and I I really appreciate that. And I think that speaks to something that we generally always try to address with people dealing with addictions in general, which is that you don't want to just take something away Mm -hmm. and then leave this complete void. It's good to think about, like, what could I replace it with? And, of course, there's, like you said, the physical part, like where a different sort of drink could Mm -hmm. potentially be helpful. Um, Are there other things, especially even from, like, a psychological standpoint? Yeah.
1: So we we have to think, and this is... from a very psychological perspective too that when we ask people to change things or we when we think of changing things we also have to ask ourselves why do i like this in the first place right? and one of the aspects of drinking is the social aspect mm. so what do i do in place of that well one of the things that we can do is invite other people to join in with us so we're doing it as a social group Um, Or encouraging like, hey, let's make a challenge or something. We're all going to do this. And then at the end, we're going to, you know, celebrate with something not alcoholic, of course, because that would defeat the purpose. But maybe we'll go on a trip or something like that. But then there's other things, too, that we can do. This is actually becoming quite popular, this dry January thing and even dry living, if you want to call it that, or dry time. And there are actually dry bars popping up in some Uh. of the major cities and maybe not-so-major cities, too, where people who— have been alcoholics or drank too much, realize, well, what do I do with my time? I still want right. to get together I with still want to socialize and that and, sort of thing. And you don't go, hey, let's go get a smoothie necessarily right. or something like that. And where do you go at night? Well, these dry bars are offering non-alcoholic versions of your favorite drinks. They're offering a place to get together. You don't want a full meal necessarily. So you get together and you have one of these drinks and some of the things that some of these companies are coming up with too, a lot of alcoholic alcohol companies are coming up with drinks that are very similar to alcohol, but Without the alcohol, yeah, and
0: maybe the best part is that you don't have to deal with the vomit in the bathroom
1: (laughs) in a dry bar. Right, your (laughs) place stays nicer and cleaner too, for sure. Yeah, there's probably less insurance issues that you have to deal with afterwards.
0: So, so that's really good. I I appreciate, you know, like you said, there there can be kind of that physical element, but then also the psychological. A big part of Mm -hmm. drinking, I think, for a lot of people, is that social element and and trying to find ways and you know maybe if you can't. Go to a dry bar. Maybe you can find other ways to socialize, et cetera. Um, there are other psychological needs, though, too, mm-hmm. that people are trying to meet with alcohol. What about those? You know, what if someone is uh, drinking because they're grieving for someone or they're depressed or anxious? I mean, what? Because, again, if you just take that away and now you mm-hmm. have to deal with all this emotional chaos or difficulty yeah. like what do you do about that
1: Well and that's one of the that's one of the um downsides of giving up you know alcohol for dry january or dry time where i think you know if we want to come out of the gate right away we're doing this podcast because we want people to see the benefits of not drinking not just in january yes. but the rest of the year <laughs> and maybe even the rest of your life a lot Absolutely. of people are learning that Alcohol has become kind of a crutch, yeah. and maybe it's kept me from other things. And so to answer your question, you know, therapy can be something to help you. We we often develop compensating strategies, and alcohol is a compensating strategy. I don't want to deal with something, so I'm going to go use alcohol instead so I don't have to think about it because that's one of the effects of alcohol is you don't have to think about things, at least for the time while you're drinking. And so support groups, um, even AA or and you know NA, all those groups—they're there for people who want to let go of those compensating and ju- and strategies. And just to let
0: our our listeners know, uh, Amanda's not trying to drum up more <laughs> work. She has plenty of work. <laughs> yes. But her point is well taken. As a therapist, of course, she's going to look that direction. But you know, and a lot of people are kind of like, ah, I don't want to go to a therapist. I won't. You know, I can do it on my own or whatever. And look, there are a lot of. Helps self-help strategies, et cetera. But I will tell, I I do want to emphasize to our our listeners that there are things in all of our lives that Mm -hmm. we need help with. And, you know, again, it doesn't mean we always have to go to a therapist for that help. That's one option. But to try to navigate our world and especially if we've had significant hurt in the past or Mm -hmm. you know struggling with emotional problems and just trying to do that all on our own is not a good idea you know and i think especially when we're like kind of coming out of maybe a time of 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 drinking and maybe using that to escape some of those issues and then Mm -hmm. suddenly we're facing all these things it's like oh boy I you know it's it's good to get some assistance because otherwise we're going to fall right back into it.
1: Yeah, and and I I like to think of you know it, when we talk about compensating strategies, I'm compensating for something, and this is something I was going to get into later, but I'll bring it up now. One of the things I like about um, AA is one of the mottos that they have, and that is doing life on life's terms. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what we want to do is we want to modify what life throws at us. We, I don't want this. I want to make it my way, kind of like online dating. I want this type of person with this color eyes, right. with this kind of hair, with Otherwise, this job. Otherwise, I'm going to the other
0: way. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and, and really what, what alcohol does is it keeps us from growing muscles in certain areas, social yeah. areas, work areas, even emotional areas that we may be you know, negating because well, if I drink, I don't have to deal with that. It just makes it easier. And so we don't, we don't want to do that sort of thing. We want to grow muscles in certain areas. And certain things like alcohol can keep us from doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the reality of it is when we actually Face life, like you said, on life's terms. Yes, it is more challenging. It is more difficult, but that's precisely what helps us to grow, Mm -hmm. you know, when we get the assistance. Now, that being said, if we're going to the gym and we're challenging ourselves on that bench press to bench, you know, an extra 15 pounds, um, that can be a little dangerous if we're trying to do that on mm-hmm. our own, right? And yes, need a that, that's it. That's trainer. it. That's exactly it, right? And and yes, that can help us to grow and to meet that challenge and all that. But like you said, we need that spotter. We need that trainer. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, whether it's a therapist or maybe even a sponsor. whether A
1: pastor, a pastor. could help you. Even somebody who just holds you accountable yeah, right? or somebody that, you know, has a real good reflective nature about them and can help you see things in yourself that maybe... Blind to or don't want to face that—that can be that can be a good thing to have as well. There's some other things that we can do. We can um, focus on the benefits. Now, January isn't just about dry time for some people. It's also the time where we make goals for our lives. Mm -hmm. And what I find is a lot of people have a hard time with making goals when they focus on the negatives of it. So, for instance, if I'm doing Dry January or dry time period, what makes that even harder is when I talk about, oh, man, I could really use a beer right now, or I could use <laughs> right. a glass of wine, or oh, man, if I only had this, you know, this wine or this alcohol, I'd feel so much better.
0: Really, like, idealizing it <laughs> yeah. and having this, like, glamorous picture it's of your mind. like a fantasy of what it's yeah, doing, right? <laughs>
1: but instead focus on the reality of it. Wow, you know? I'm saving a lot of money doing this. Yes. Or, wow, these feelings are tough that I'm having to experience. But look at how much stronger it's making me. It's building muscles in areas of my life where maybe I've either gone dormant or I'm really in. And so I can see the benefits of this even if I don't always feel
0: it. So... We've talked a lot about some of the benefits. Are there when you think about, you know, whether it's a dry January or continuing that dry time, are there potential downsides or issues that people could um, run into? I mean, I guess we've touched on that a little bit with the mm-hmm. whole, you know, dealing with uh, the emotional problems that can come up, but any other things that we need to kind of be aware of because we wanna yeah. set the stage for success. Yeah, we right? wanna
1: be realistic about this. Anytime yeah. we do something that's hard, there will be hard challenges to face. So one of the things just to keep in mind, you know, sometimes we go gung-ho at something and we're like, what? How come this is happening? One of the things that we have to realize is there's going to be some peer pressure because not everybody is making this move. You know, not everybody sees the benefit of abstaining or having dry time. And so, yeah, we're going to go into some situations where maybe everybody in your office is going to the bar after work and now what do you do? Where do you go? It's going to be tempting for you, and they don't seem to understand how important this is to you right now. So yeah, one of the downsides is going to be peer pressure. Another one, um, and this is with anything that we do that is a compensating strategy, is what do I do with the time I used to do it? Yeah. this with? Because it could be cigarettes, it could be You know, drugs, but especially with alcohol, since we're talking about that, I used to go out with people. Now what do I do for Mm -hmm. a couple hours after work? I don't know what to do with myself. Um, And you might feel like something's missing, too. We don't often talk about this, but for some people— it's almost like you're losing your best friend. Yeah. You know, that thing that's with you all the time, you always look to it for support when you're having a hard time. You go to it when you've had a bad day. And now what do I do? It's like, I'm going to have to grieve the loss of this mm. thing in my life right. that has been like a security blanket to me. So that is a downside that we'll have to face those things. Also, another one, um, I will. I'll just be honest, um, I never drank. I mean, I've tasted alcohol over the years and stuff, but I have a history of alcoholism in my family and over drinking. And so for me, um, I, I decided very early on that you can't be an alcoholic if you don't drink.
0: So right.
1: <laughs> that was my best way. It yeah. also helped that I was saving a lot of money too, because I don't like to spend a lot of money. But one of the things that has been one of the downsides to not drinking is looking judgmental. Mm. And you know that it's not fun. It's
0: it's not that you're truly judgmental, yeah, but it's like it's yeah. it's
1: not that I'm I want to look like right. I'm judging people or anything like that, but inevitably when you're the only person not Mm -hmm. doing something it's very easy for others who already feel you know the ramifications of their decisions or that their life isn't going in the direction that they ideally want it to it's easy to project that onto someone else and say oh well you're judging me but in reality, that person is probably already judging themselves, and that's why they're projecting that judgment because it's easier to blame you than to acknowledge how hard it is to live this life that maybe I don't feel so comfortable with or isn't lining up with my values. So that is a downside is yeah. you may appear judgmental to people. And then the last one is actually one that this organization, Alcohol Change UK, you know, uh, suggests, and I think it's very valid, is that first Friday after you decide, mm. you know, because when do yeah. we typically drink the most socially with a group yep. on the weekends? There's and even so, lots of songs
0: about it. It's Friday yeah. night. Right? <laughs> and so
1: one of the downsides is, you know, it might be easy that first Monday or Tuesday, yep. but when you get to Friday, oh, now it's really hitting me. I'm going to have to face this. Absolutely. And so that's something that we also want people to understand is that can be a downside. It's not fun to have to that big moment when things are starting to, you know, people are celebrating. I have to, oh, I made this goal. Now what do I do?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, as as you're talking, we're looking at these potential downsides and these, I'd almost say potential pitfalls in a way. Uh, What keeps going through my mind is, got to have a plan. You got to yeah. have a plan. And and so, you know, Amanda, thank you for really illuminating some of these things because it helps us to start looking at, okay, these are potential pitfalls. What is the plan that we can put into mm-hmm. place ahead of time so that we can be successful? And again, what I'm hearing is super important to find replacements, mm-hmm. super important to find uh, you know, when we say replacements both for the physical aspect and then also the psychological aspect, it's important to get support and help as far mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, addressing emotional issues as they they come up and maybe that we've been masking with the alcohol. And then also um, support in other ways, meaning accountability and, you know, mm-hmm. the social element and this sort of thing so that we can have the support but then also be getting our our love cup filled Mm -hmm. so to speak so that we're we really start realizing like hey you know life could actually be a lot better not just for my physical health
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: as a whole without alcohol
1: yeah and that actually ties really well into the next thing and i wanted to save this for last is What are the benefits of dry time? Mm -hmm. There are so many benefits that we don't even realize. Even as a culture, if we understood these things, I think we'd have a different perspective on the way we drink, the way we, you know, celebrate and those kinds of things. So the first one is kind of goes with a lot of people's New Year's resolutions is weight loss. So one of the benefits of not drinking is weight loss and the same organization, Alcohol Change UK, actually found out that the average amount of weight that people lose, because we know alcohol has a lot of empty calories in it, um, the average amount of weight that is lost is four and a half pounds. Um, that month, that That first month. month, If you just go without alcohol for January, Mm -hmm. you are very likely to lose four and a half pounds on average. So you could lose a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but you're going to lose weight. The next thing that is a positive of dry time is decrease in blood pressure. Mm. And that's at about 5% on average is people's blood pressure goes down 5%. That's kind of cool that yeah, would eliminate absolutely. maybe some blood pressure medication and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Another one, and I think this is cool, and these are just like the medical benefits of improvement in diabetes risk of almost 30%. Wow, a lot of people have huge. issues with diabetes yeah. and you don't think about this stuff, but there's a huge, you know, change in your diabetes risk. Um, Another thing that I think is really cool is it, I mean, and a lot of people know this, but it makes it easier to wake up. Mm-hmm. You don't have the hangovers, you don't get that. Even, even also, this kind of goes into the the next thing is better sleep. Alcohol, and, and this is why a lot of people actually drink because they think it helps them sleep better. Really what alcohol does is it might help you fall asleep, but it doesn't give you restorative sleep. Right. It messes with your circadian rhythm, your sleep wakes cycle, but your REM cycles and stuff. And so even though you're using it to help fall asleep, it doesn't actually help you sleep better and you might wake up quite often mm-hmm. throughout the night mm-hmm. of sleep. So abstaining from alcohol, you'll get better sleep even if you struggle at first with falling asleep.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, just as you're kind of going down this list, it, the, the, the thing about alcohol is that it affects every single one of our body. Systems and mm-hmm. also, you know, socially and spiritually and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, as we spend time away from it and we're doing healthier things, then every aspect of our body, whether it's like you said, our sleep, our weight, uh, hypertension starts reducing, diabetes mm-hmm. risk goes down. And then, of course, the mental health benefits, which we're going to touch on in just a mm-hmm. second. It's just like all these things start to really improve significantly.
1: So the next one is maybe one that I'm particularly excited about, and that is, this is probably one that the ladies are especially going to like because we all want to look younger, but actually not drinking makes your skin better. Wow. And we know this because alcohol dehydrates. Oh uh, yes. So, I mean, you know that just wiping alcohol on something, you, it dehydrates it, and so that's the same with when we put it inside of us it dehydrates us internally which means it also affects us externally on our skin and so the less we drink the better our skin looks but it it's not just about dehydration also it puffs the skin up sometimes too and so you can have you can have all kinds of like puffiness you know mm. under your eyes and bags and that sort of thing But then it also can exacerbate other skin issues that you might already have. It can cause rosacea and other sorts of things. So if you have skin issues, one of the best reasons to quit is to maybe eliminate some of those skin issues that you have. Um, Another one, I also like this one a lot, saving money. New research just came out in 2023, so we're very close to that, that the average person saves between $57,000 and $121,000 in their lifetime by not drinking. Wow. Like
0: that's a lot of money.
1: <laughs> that's a mortgage or that's a down payment <laughs> oh, on yeah. a house. Yeah. He, depending on which bracket you're right. in, you could put a nice down payment on a house with that kind of money. Um and what is the biggest what is the biggest thing that keeps young people from being able to afford a house? It's not that they can't pay for the rent because rent and mortgages are often very similar. It's the down payment. So if every young person gave up drinking or decided not to drink, they could essentially make that money and put a down payment on their house.
0: That's awesome. What what about the mental health uh, benefits um, that... People can really expect to receive.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I especially, I mean, the mental health is obviously what we focus on the most. But um, it, when you when you don't drink, it gives you an opportunity to manage your mood much better. So depression isn't going to be the same. Anxiety. There's even a f- kind of acute term that some people call it when you're drinking. They call it hangxiety. You know, it's like a hangover yes. with anxiety and stuff. So when, you, when you're when you not drinking, you're actually able to control your emotions much better, manage your mood. You don't have that numb feeling. And again, the less anxiety and depression. Another thing too, and this is something that I've seen a lot of people in the public eye when they decide to go sober, you know, not just in January, but all over. Mm-hmm. Um, they realize that, They have actual better mental clarity, um, better decision-making, and better control of their life, which often leads to less trauma too. So when we're making better decisions, we're not walking ourselves into traumatizing situations. For some people, that could be, you know, getting pregnant, and Mm -hmm. they weren't planning on that, but they drank too much, or even sometimes date rape or rape and stuff, because you're going to a party, you drank too much, and you— became susceptible to people taking advantage of you and that sort of thing. And that doesn't excuse the perpetrator, but it just shows that sometimes it's we make decisions not as well when we're under the influence and stuff, too.
0: Absolutely. Now, some people say, okay, well, I get it. Drinking too much is not a good thing, but how about if I just drink a little bit? Because mm-hmm. everything in moderation, right? So what do you think about that?
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you for asking. So... A lot of us know that there are some medical benefits to drinking. So people will say like, oh, you know, it's good for your heart and everything. I like to tell my clients that, yes, what if it was good for your heart, but you found out even the smallest amount, which is based on research, was carcinogenic. How helpful would it be if your heart was like robust and working really, really well if you were dead from cancer?
0: It wouldn't help too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> even the resveratrol, sometimes people like to say it's better for your skin. But what if you do? you could also get that from a grape or grape juice? It doesn't have to be fermented. And so even the smallest amounts of alcohol, especially for women and men are right behind that, The smallest amount of alcohol, when they've done the meta-analysis, that means all the research on alcohol, they find that even the smallest amounts are carcinogenic. And so we're actually making ourselves more susceptible to all kinds of cancers when we partake in alcohol.
0: And I want to definitely affirm to our listeners exactly what Amanda is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, the research shows and and there was for a long time confusion like, oh yeah, you know, maybe one or two drinks uh, several times a week mm-hmm. would actually be healthy. but now that science has taking a closer look at uh, the preponderance of evidence and all of the different studies, it is very clear that no amount of Mm -hmm. alcohol is safe or healthy for us. And uh, complete abstinence uh, lifetime is actually what's going to be healthier, both from a physical and a psychological Mm -hmm. standpoint.
1: And the research can be confusing because we might hear, oh, it's really good for this. Well, one, you have to ask who did the research in the first place, or not who did the research, but who funded the research. Mm -hmm. And two, you have to ask yourself, when we're weighing everything, does this being a benefit outweigh the downside of drinking too? So that's what we mean by the meta-analysis. When you take all the research, what does it really boil down to? It's not
0: good for us. Well, thank you, Amanda, for uh, mm-hmm. spending this time sharing all your gems of wisdom. And I just want to, you know, mention to our our, our listeners in, in closing that uh, you know, even from a personal standpoint, I've experienced this because I've tested the waters mm-hmm. with that, and I found that uh, you know, even though it can be look glamorous and for a time be "quote unquote" fun and mm-hmm. appear to be fun, the reality of it is when I actually completely quit it wasn't until I completely quit mm-hmm. that I really started to experience so much more joy in my life. And it was, yeah. yes, of course, better physical health, mental clarity, and all of that. But even beyond that, the most important thing to me has been the opportunity to be much more connected relationally with those around mm-hmm. me, with my family, uh, with friends. And I'd say maybe even most importantly, with God. And yeah. so that's really what we want for you as our listeners Mm -hmm. is to experience that as well. And so we want to challenge you, encourage you that it is possible. uh, Mm -hmm. Take the time, you know, do a little bit of homework, so to speak ahead of time, set the stage for success, write out out a plan, write those potential pitfalls, and then write down the things you can do instead. And with God's help and with the support of other people in your life, you can be successful
1: Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of people out there who've made that decision so you may be the only person in your circle but you may be the catalyst for other people making that decision too so i think that's a wonderful thing to be the catalyst to be the trailblazer in your sphere of influence we
0: never know the influence that we can Mm -hmm. have sometimes we won't know until heaven but you know that's planting those seeds and encouraging others just by your silent example, makes a huge difference oftentimes. So thank you, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you you sharing. And uh, if you only take away one thing from today's show, remember this, if mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Dr. Daniel Bynas.
1: And I'm Amanda Anguish. And you've been listening to The The Brain Brain People People Podcast. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com.